As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
the philosopher, I must say, I love this video and I love the song. And it's actually one of my favorite songs on the album. And it's one of the only poppy songs or, but it's got your sort of darkness, if you will. <laughs> I'm actually a very sunny person, but it, for some reason, my, the stuff I make is not. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's also, it's very funny. Perhaps sunny is too strong a word, but I think I'm I'm a lot less kind of doom and gloom than I might come off in the uh, in the record. It's also very funny to me that people keep saying that that one is pop. Um, I guess because it's fast. But when I made that, I thought it was the weirdest song on the record, and I thought I thought like here's this this strange thing, and the fact that people put it in the pop box is just it continues to be surprising to me. The drum line on it reminded me of Neon Trees, and uh, mm. and that's where I was. Maybe that was the connection I was making in my head. Yeah, no, you're not the only one. I'm, I'm just. Uh, it's so funny when you you finish something and then it you think of it one way, and then other people see it as something completely different. I mean, anything that you make in any genre is like that. Uh, but that that song in particular has been very funny. Now you've said in other interviews that this is about internet trolls. <laughs> yes. A little bit, yeah. But it's not just about that. When I listened to it and read that, I kind of got that, but I I thought it was, you know, maybe that's where it was inspired from, but it's something bigger than that, I think. What is it about? Oh, but now I'm clear I'm curious what you think it's about. See, this is more interesting <laughs> to me. <laughs> this is not about me. It's about you, Danielle. I know. Will, will you tell me afterwards? If I if I tell you, maybe you'll tell me. You don't have to tell me what a song's about. <laughs> um, it's about feeling jealous of people on the internet, I guess. I'll, and perhaps I'll, I'll leave it at that. Social media does have this kind of like keeping up with the Joneses aspect to it. And, you know, early on, I'm actually like, I'm pretty happy with it, how everything is going for me now at the moment. But there was a time when I was younger and maybe you know, someone else's career advanced faster than mine. And then I caught up and then they did or whatever. And then someone else, artists compare themselves to each other. And even if you're not a sort of a fundamentally competitive person, everyone wants to do well. And social media does, by virtue of the fact that people only show their kind of best of highlight real moments, it does make people feel jealous of one another, I think. And so I wasn't immune to that. And I guess that's where that that comes from. It's about jealousy, but it also, it's extreme. Whoever that person is in the song is maybe me, maybe not. Yeah. It also, it also is partly inspired by trolls and partly inspired by Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky? Yeah. I mean, not Dostoevsky in general, but the main character in uh, Notes from Underground, the underground man who, uh, you know, sits alone in his apartment, casting judgment on other people's lives and uh, feels he's better than everyone else. And there's just something about that book. It's one of my favorites and it always has, it's always just struck me as being very contemporary, especially with the internet, the way it is now, you know, it's basically a black hole of people behind their computer screens trying to tear other people down. So. Hmm. Yeah. Imagine if that character had the internet to tap into. Oh God. I should be glad he doesn't. And also that he's a character. I love this line, yet still I spend this restless eve square-eyed until my fingers bleed. And I I tried to imagine what a square-eyed person <laughs> looks like. This would be some kind of Salvador Dali-esque creation, I guess. 
Well, actually, one of your pictures, you have like funny eyes that don't look like your natural eyes on one of your promotional pictures. But I was imagining that as you stare at the computer, your eyes turn from being round to the shape of the screen and they square just because like it infects you. Yeah. Spending too much time watching screens leaves you feeling a bit square eyed, like you've been watching screens a lot. I love the guitar ending, the explosion. That's you, I assume? Actually, I think I am playing all of the synth, well, not all of the synths. I'm playing a lot of the synths on that. I think that ending solo is actually Adam. But yeah, all of the big monstrous prophet sounds, that's me. The stuff that sounds like utterly demonic. So tell me where you do your recording. Have these been recorded in different places or? Yeah, this was kind of assembled piecemeal. So they were demoed initially in my home studio in New York. Uh, so actually where I'm talking to you from right now. I then worked on them a little bit more with a producer and programmer friend in London. And he worked out of Abbey Road at the time. So we did some work there. And then he and his business partner moved to Tile Yard Studios. So we did some programming work there, which was still very much just kind of demoing things out and figuring out what these songs were. And then I came back to New York and tracked all of these with a band and with the string ensemble. So my producer or co-producer, David, lives in Toronto. And so he came down for that. Oh, and I also did some demoing in Toronto with him at one point too. It was the chronology of all of this sort of eludes me, honestly. Yeah, so we tracked everything in New York at a couple of studios. One was Bunker and the other one was Atomic Sound. So we did all the guitars there, uh, the basses the drums, really anything, and the strings, obviously, really anything that just needed to be done in a studio. I think some keyboards there too. And my keyboards were all done at home because you can just record those direct. You really don't need to be in a studio to do them. And then I did all the vocals in Toronto, actually with the exception of Philosopher, which was done in my apartment when David was in New York. Yeah, everything was done in his studio in Toronto. And then we mixed the record up there for a while. And then I came back to New York and actually, I think I went to LA as well. So, and then we did some uh, remote mix sessions because David has a like a magical way of broadcasting what he's working on. He'd mix in Toronto, and I would monitor from New York or LA or ever, wherever I was, and we finished the record that way. So, talking about working remotely through uh, technology and screens and all that, yeah, it was assembled piecemeal over several years, and and uh, a lot of people played on it, but I also played a lot myself too. It's amazing you've been in some of the most amazing studios, legendary sound studios, both in New York and in London and, and Toronto. And, and did you get any inspiration from that or do they all seem like the same after a while? Anytime you're in a studio is a good, a good time. Because, you know, for all I've been in a lot of them, I'm not in them every day. And especially with the way the music industry has evolved, so much stuff now is made in home studios that whenever you're in a real a real space with a proper live room. It's kind of a treat. So yeah, I've been in some great ones. I don't, I no longer walk into the door of a studio and ha my jaw doesn't fall on the floor or anything, but I have, I still have a reverence for it and a, an appreciation. And just anytime I get to be in a recording studio, I'm happy. They're kind of sacred spaces in a lot of ways. Now this is on your own label, which is called Zig Zig. Zigzig, and you are kind of, is it fair to say, a leader of the New York up and coming music scene? I don't 
I think more humble than that. I'll say it for you. (laughs) I I, I don't know. Tell me about some of the other stuff you do to support up and coming musicians, both in the sort of classical world and and in the pop alternative indie world. Sure. Well, currently I'm not doing a whole lot because I'm very just quite busy with this project and then other commissions and some film scoring jobs that I'm doing. But I guess I, I really got my start. I ran an ensemble called uh, Syzygy, which was kind of a concert series. And that's actually where Zig Zig came from. It was sort of some of those letters like thrown into a blender and mixed around. And yeah, I got my start because after I got out of college, I had no idea how on earth I was going to forge a career in music. And so I put together an ensemble of players and then they played some of my music. They played other composers' music. And then that grew into booking sort of multi-act bills. And these were not necessarily like, they were kind of crazy and eclectic. So you'd have like a solo harp player, and then you'd have some guys soldering together in musical instruments on an overhead projector who were actually amazing. And then someone playing theremin, and then you'd have a string quartet and then like a chamber orchestra piece, not necessarily all on the same show, but just uh, the point of it was always to be eclectic. And I started that because I obviously wanted a platform for my own work and a means to meet other musicians. But it was also really about supporting emerging voices at the time, I guess. And it's it's something I want to do more of when I have more free time, but it's being part of a creative community and, and supporting it and, you know, being in conversation, both in terms of your work and then literally just like having a lot of conversations with other artists was always really important to me. So yeah, I had that group that ran for uh, quite a long time. I still sometimes do productions with it. So maybe one or two a year. So I did a ballet. I don't even know what to call it. Sort of a ballet slash interdisciplinary theater installation extravaganza that was kind of wild and had choreography. And somehow we got Google to pay for it, which was a, that's a whole other conversation in itself, but that one had some emerging composers on it too. And yeah, I mean, I guess even though it's not something I'm sort of consciously working towards at the moment, it has been something that's been important to me throughout my career. I just like, I like curating and finding, finding voices and hopefully sharing them with the world. Well, we thank you for that. We thank you for your contributions to the artistic community and, and, uh, (laughs) thank you. And the fact that you have your feet in so many different worlds and any of those people from that universe on this album, helping out on this album, on the string sections or other things. Yeah. Everyone I know who's playing strings, a couple of them I met for the first time on the session, but the vast majority of them are people that I know from my concert work. So there's Andy Lynn, who's a wonderful viola player who has been playing. I have this heart flute and viola trio that it's funny, actually, like I wrote the, the piece in college and for whatever reason, it's the piece of mine that gets performed the most. So, you know, I guess, I guess I could have quit then. Cause I suppose I peaked, <laughs> but, um, is that the mayor licked? No, it's called breathing underwater. I have another album that I've made that'll be coming out sometime after this, which is a uh, chamber music he's playing on that. So also Jenny Choi, who's a, just a beautiful, beautiful violinist who, I've worked with on a few occasions now. I think we met doing a recording session for this BMI workshop I was part of. And then I've written a solo violin piece for her, She's which she's recorded, which is also, and shot a video for. She's done a string quartet that I've written. I, I can't remember. They're honestly, everyone I know, there's a 
cellist Peter Sacken, who I played in a pit with at one point, because I was kind of paying bills by doing a lot of musical theater work because I'm that rare guitarist who can uh, read music as well. So I kind of fell into that right after I got out of school. So I met him there. I met some of the other string players on other recording sessions. I don't know. It's the same way musicians beat each other anywhere. You just, you just sort of collect people along the way from doing these projects. And then over time you build like really deep collaborative relationships. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save 